Today's date is May 12th, 2023, and this is episode 21. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went through the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, his father, he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus, through the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, you fall for this golden drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus to a mountaintop to shove all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below. And the devil gave told Jesus, you can have all that you see. If you will just bow down and worship me. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome to this is an official Godcast. Thank God it's Friday. Back again. My name is Ron Johnson. I'm here with Flightworks Mary and Jeff. Tonight, giving her testimony, our special guest, the little red rocking chair, Laura Reeves. I'd like to say hello, hello to everybody. Mary, let's start with you. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? So far, so good. Happy Friday. We're here. Amazing. It's amazing. It's Happy hard to Friday. believe. We made it another week. 
I know it. Can you believe we've made it 21 weeks, Mary? 21. Wow. <laughs> Was it yesterday we started uh, episode one? No? Yeah, that's like a, almost a quarter of a year, maybe almost. Time flies. Wow. Time flies when you're praising the Lord. That's right. And Jeff, how are you tonight? Well, I'm here. I don't feel as bad as I did, but I'm still a little under the weather. But hey, I'm glad to be here. Always glad to be around talking about the Lord. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for being here, Jeff. Yes, sir. Hey, as always, thank y'all for having me. We all appreciate you. Giving her testimony. The Little Red Rocking Chair, Laura Reeves. Laura, how are you doing tonight? Fine as frogs here, Ron. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about... You have a blog. I do. Can you tell us about it? Where can we find it? You can find it at the little red rocking chair .substack.com. And I try to post on Sundays. Okay. I used to say Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And now I just say I post on Sundays. And uh, you're also one of the shore up squad here at the godcast right uh, and and uh mary how did that come about this this happened so long ago i don't remember and i, I know it was between, you're the one who started the shore up squad you should really be talking about this mary mary what's our shore well, up squad let's talk about the shore up <laughs> squad and and uh and how laura got onto that okay well the shore up squad just came to be because when you know we have a call in here for salvation and you know the first maybe a week or so when you become a christian if, if a lot of you remember that it's it can be kind of challenging and so we wanted to give people a, a good place to land um you know as on a temporary type basis but someone that could um, step in and um, encourage them and pray with them and um, maybe direct them to a local church or help them get baptized. Um, and Shore Up actually stands for Salvation Helping Others Remain Encouraged, Uplifted, and Prayerful. Because Shore Up actually means to support something or keep something from falling. So that's what we want to do with that squad. So if anybody wants to be a part of that squad, um, we just we have men and women on the squad and then they're just at the ready. If someone were to accept Christ, that we could um, connect them with that person. And we want to do men with men and women with women. So. And also for for help with scripture as well. I know sometimes yes. scripture is complicated. And, um, yes. And, and there's that help for that as well. Wonderful. And Laura, she what just volunteered? Oh yes, Laura volunteered. You didn't have to ask her. No, I didn't have to ask her. She just messaged us and said, "I want in. I want to do it." And we're we're so excited about that. So whoever you know is matched up with Laura is going to be pretty blessed. Very true. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I can tell. I can. I can tell from just a few moments that we spent already, Laura, that uh, you would be a, a great mentor. Thank you. And thank you for doing that. And thank you for being here to give your testimony tonight. Absolutely fantastic. We appreciate you. Uh, My honor. A couple announcements, if we could. 
Next week, we are going to have Pastor BJ Van Amen here, and he's coming to give his testimony. And the week after that, we have a gentleman by the name of Carl Chin. Carl Chin is the uh, president owner of a company by the name of Faith Based Security Network. And uh, what Carl Chin does is he, he he's connected with the USCCA, um, the United States Concealed Carry Association. They come in and they help set up security teams for churches. He is the author of the book Evil Invades Sanctuary, the case for security and faith-based organizations. Um, if, if any of you have gotten a chance to listen to uh, the Conley show last night, the Conley had a gentleman on there last night by the name of Brian Searcy and uh, very similar to what Brian does. I actually, they, they probably know each other. I'm, I can't believe that's, that's a huge market of companies that are out there doing that. There's probably just a good handful of them. So they probably all know each other. Um, yeah, I was but, wondering that when I was listening to it. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, um, I think yeah. Carl does schools too. Um, Maybe not. I, I can't. It was a while since I, you know, my church, uh, I'm part of the security team on my church. So they, they sent me out to this USCCA thing for training. And, th and that's where I met Carl and, and uh, just an amazing man of God and faith. And um, he was the speaker there at, um, at the event and he's a great speaker. And we're really going to enjoy his testimony and, and pastor BJ Van Amen next week. Um, last week, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our episode last week, we had a gentleman, um, CJ Hicks, and that was an absolute fantastic testimony. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, please, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that one. And also our episode number eight, uh, pastor Holmes speaks on salvation. That's another great episode. If you haven't caught that yet, and you listen to the Godcast, please. I, I recommend you go back, listen to episode eight. And last week, CJ Hicks was just incredible incredible testimony last night uh last week i mean so please catch those two and what else do we have for announcements tonight at eight o'clock eastern we have the con lee and man if you guys didn't catch his show last night oh i know right uh i i caught like the last 15 minutes of it live and was like oh my i can't wait till he posts this thing and i got to listen to it this morning and uh was uh i I, I had to tell him what a great job he did. That was an incredible podcast last night. Jim, great show oh. last night, the Conley. Uh, so if it you don't get great. a chance, Brian Searcy comes on and he talks about, um, what, what was he speaking about? Uh, awareness, situational awareness. You know, the guy's a colonel, a retired colonel in the army and he's trained. And um, by the end of the show, this, this guy is talking about testimonies. I was like, man, I really like this guy. <laughs> he's right up my alley. Um, but great show last night, uh, Conley, if you guys haven't watched that, listen to that on the record. And, uh, I think he's with us tonight here. Conley, how you doing there, buddy? Glad you're with yeah. us. Yeah. I missed everything last night. You're out dancing, weren't you? No, not dancing. I was actually making a meal out at the Elevate Hope House, but then nice. I came home. I was so tired. I missed Conley's show. I missed Kilted Christian. I missed the hockey game, which was not very fun but i heard they won so your team won well i've kind of adopted the stars the n stars for those that know what that means <laughs> does conley know what that means he knows what that means good <laughs> just gotta go stars from the conley <laughs> i kind of whisper the north stars yeah <laughs> oh geez 
All right, so let's get started. Uh, before we do, let's start with a good opening prayer. Jeff, please do us the honors. Sure, I'd be glad to. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to be here today, the wonderful blessings you've already given us in our life. Lord, we just pray that this testimony tonight would go out to those that need to hear it, Lord, that you would calm each and every person, Lord, that their ears would be open, their hearts would receive, Lord God. Just give us what needs to be said, Father, and help us in a in an evil, dying world that is every day turning their back on you. But at the same time, we see more and more people who are coming to you, and that we just praise your holy name for that, Lord. And we just ask that tonight, if there's one amongst us or that hears this down the road, as always, we just ask that today would be a day of salvation for them, that they would accept Jesus, that they would understand that they're a sinner and they're lost and their eternal home without Jesus will be in hell, separated from you forever. Lord, we just ask that you would prick that heart, Lord, that they would understand and that they would cry out to you in, in faith, believing and confessing through their mouth and understanding that it's the blood that covers a multitude of sin that he shed on that cross, being a sacrificial lamb, Lord. Help all these people that may be lost that hear this to understand and receive that testimonial uh, from, from the understanding point of their heart, not necessarily their mind, Lord. I think that's very important, as your scripture says, it's in the heart. Lord, we just ask that you would bless each and other, other podcasts that is tonight, Lord, that you've given us a community where we can gather and fellowship and laugh and joke, and and there's times where we're serious. But, Lord, help us not to be so serious in this world that we forget to put you involved in everything and throughout our days, Lord. Again, Father, we thank you for the blessings you've given us, just allowing us to be here, getting us up today, feeding us, clothing us. It's all you, Lord, and we just praise your wonderful name. And in everything I ask that your will be done, in Christ Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked with announcements. I was talking about Conley at eight o'clock uh, Eastern and, uh, and then I just got off on a tangent. I what a great show he had last night. Did I mention he had a great show last night? And then at nine o'clock tonight, uh, Scott Barzi will be doing Scott Barzi. And then uh, 1030, we got Kilted Christian tonight, 1030 Eastern Kilted Christian. And then doing the midnight, shift again fishers of men uh and also coming up this weekend is a great weekend uh i love the weekends because saturdays and sundays 8 p.m great show brothers in a bible so if you guys like listening to jeff here on godcast and you don't know he's on another podcast is really awesome <laughs> you guys gotta go check it out saturday 8 p.m right here on podbean uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, Brothers in a Bible with Jeff, Duncan and Kilt a Christian, Livin' and the Conley. What a great, great show. Okay, so. Thank um, you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And um, Laura, I couldn't be more blessed. Uh, you know, I was just thinking while we were praying, I says, I don't think Laura even knows that she's part of the Godcast team. I mean, this, you're at home right now. Do you know that? This is your home. Yes. You're one of the Shore Squad. You're one of us. <laughs> yes, you are. It, it is such a pleasure and such a blessing to have you here. You signed up in the short up squad um, months and months and months ago and 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 uh, said, yes, I also want to give my testimony. And we we're booked so far. They were like months out at the time. And Mary and I were just shaking our heads like, we can't believe this. We're we, we we've already got like 37 <laughs> episodes signed up. We're not even to episode 10 yet. Like what is happening here? And we just couldn't wait to get to this date. And I'm so glad we're finally here. I yes, I have, I just cannot tell you, 
I've been so excited to meet you and to hear your testimony and to talk with you more. So thank you so much. What a blessing you are to us all. Thank you yes. so much for being here and thank you for coming to share your testimony. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. If my head wasn't out bigger than the screen right now. It would be blowing up at this moment. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We Thank just you love you so much. much. We just love you so much. We love you for oh. everything you're doing. And it's not just Thank here on the Godcast. I mean, we we see you on all the other podcasts as well, too. You know, you're, you're active in chat. You're always praying for people. You, you know, you. you're one of the kindest people out there. I, I know if anyone ever needed anything that you're a door we can knock on. And I can yeah. say that with a hundred percent sincerity and, and I know you'll be there for anybody. You're just, you're an amazing, incredible person. You're a perfect fit for the Godcast. We're so happy to have you here because yes. yes. I know your story is going to resonate and do so much of God's work. Thank you so much again. So, um, Laura's agreed that if anyone here that's listening has any questions, just go ahead and tag Mary or myself or Jeff and we'll get a question in for you. Um, she's agreed that it's okay to ask questions. We can interrupt her. Um, so please do that. And also, if anybody has any prayer requests at all, please go ahead and tag Mary. She's going to pray for us at the end of the show as well. So if you have any prayer requests, please let us know, and we would love to pray with you, pray for you. And I'll, okay, Laura, so you have the floor. You you can begin at any time. Um, again, thank you for coming here, and, uh, and uh, thank you for blessing us. Thank you very much. Um, well, I'll start at the beginning because that's a good place to start. At least that's what I've been told. Um, I am a Southerner born and bred. My dad was in the Marine Corps. Jeff is nodding his head. So there it is. Um, I was born in South Carolina in a little town called Beaufort. And if you go a few miles to the west and the south, it becomes Beaufort because Southerners like to create their own way of saying things. <laughs> and so my dad was in the Marine Corps. He was stationed at Paris Island pulling hard duty for the Marines in the Marine Corps band, the president's own, uh, which is cool because uh, I had a symphony written for me that was played by the Marine Corps band. And oh. it was called Lorana, which kind of sounds like a sci-fi movie to me. But anyway. Very uh, cool. My mom wanted to call me Loretta Lynn, and I'm thankful every day that my dad prevailed and said, no, it's going to be Laura Lynn. So, uh, <laughs> so I was about, my parents are both from this little town I live in, in the Panhandle of Florida right now. And um, so he got out of the service shortly after I was born and we moved to Tallahassee, which is the capital, also known as the home of the Hanging Chad. And oh, yes. uh, if you remember 2000, I do. Uh, yeah. And so he was going to school at Florida State University on the GI Bill. So that's how we ended up there. My mom worked for the state of Florida for 40 years before she retired. And so I grew up in this lovely, small southern town with big live oaks, dripping moss and just something you would see in a movie. And uh, it was a wonderful childhood. And I really enjoyed being the heritage of a Southern person. I really, really had no sense of it being, uh, you know, I'm a redneck or a hick or a hillbilly, even though I am all of the above and proudly so. Um, but it was also kind of an international town. I had neighbors were Belgian, Japanese, German, Swiss, and some country in South America when I was real little. So it was kind of cool. Um, so when I was uh, 
roughly around four or five years old, you know, just starting school, I was vaccine injured and uh, developed a severe case of asthma. And so I spent a good part of my childhood in and out of the hospital. At one point, um, several times with pneumonia, at one point I got to have the joyous experience of being in bed at Christmas time in the hospital under an oxygen tent. So it was like living in a bubble and that is not fun and hospital food sucks. And I'm a Southerner and I love to cook. And I was like, I'm going to die because I'm not eating good food, real food. <laughs> and uh, so my mom smuggled in some cookies and other things. And um, around about that time, my dad, who was very much a Renaissance man and brilliant and a musician and could play just about anything, but he specialized in the trumpet, uh, decided he was going to learn to fly. So within a couple of years, he was not only flying, he was um, a certified instructor in teaching other people to fly. So and bought a small plane of his own. So I did not know at the time, being in elementary school, how unique it was to have uh, the ability to just go jump in an airplane at the end of the school day and fly around with your dad out over the so Gulf cool. of Mexico and all that other stuff. So, so it was cool. really cool. My dad was a pilot too. There it is. He had a little small plane. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was a rear one, which is like made out of uh, metal, balsa wood, and treated fabric. Had a top air speed of 70 miles per hour. Woo. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but he began to, uh, he and my uncle decided that they were going to go into business together. So he created an air charter service. So by the time I was uh, early, early teens, like 11 or 12, uh, I'd already started a babysitting co-op in my neighborhood. And I guess I've always had an entrepreneurial bent, but then my dad tapped me to work on the weekends out at the, uh, at the business. And so I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And we were training all the ROTC guys from the local community, uh, the local universities. So here I am 11, 12, 13 years old, and all these cute college guys are coming in uh, to learn how to fly. And first you have to do ground instruction. So I had to set it up and collect their exam, practice exams and all that stuff. So I, I just thought that was just the best thing in the entire world. Um, we had grown, I had grown up in the Baptist church and uh, I was baptized when I was nine years old. And I have been walking with Jesus ever since. Sometimes real close. Sometimes I'm piggybacking. Sometimes I'm a few a few feet behind. Sometimes I run out ahead. But I know that that was genuine salvation, and it's been a very interesting journey ever since. So about 1970-ish, um, there was this big thing that started sweeping across the country, and it started in California. It was called the Jesus Freak Movement or Jesus Revolution. Yes. And if you've watched that movie that yes. came out a few months ago, I actually lived that. That was my experience of uh, my very best friend of 50 plus years. Um, we went to the same church together and she invited me to this prayer meeting. I'm doing air quotes, y'all. And uh, we went to this house with this family and there's two boys two sons and a daughter were there and they looked with the beard, the long hair, sandals, t-shirts and jeans, the whole thing. And I thought, this is kind of cool. 
And I thought, I've really been a Christian, but this is different. And so it, it really sucked me in. And I just really wanted to know more. And then on uh, New Year's Eve, 1970, New Year's Day, 1971, because it happened before midnight and after midnight, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was a really, it was a turning point because then I went home and uh, I was completely changed even more so. Instead of being a mouthy 13-year-old or whatever age I was, uh, I would said, yes, ma'am and no, me. I always said that or you get backhanded by your mom and your daddy. But uh, I didn't fight my mom and my dad anymore. I didn't. I just completely had a change in the way I interacted with everyone. And they remarked on it. My dad was kind of in his head. That's how he was at the time. And my mom just started studying me. And at that same time, there had been a lot of uh, cult activity happening in the U.S., you know, like the Moonies and stuff like that. And so she got real suspicious. So she said, I forbid you to go there. Of course, I was devastated. So I talked to the family leader. We called him Papa Baker. And he said, you need to obey your mom and your dad and do that. And so I said, okay. So I went back and I told mom, I said, I really am disappointed. I really want to go, but I'm, I'm going to do what you ask. Well, that floored her because she figured I'd fight her on that. So then she said, well, I'm going to go with you next week and I'm going to make sure these people are okay. So she goes in, mom and Papa Baker, take her in after the prayer group, take her into a side room. She comes out speaking in tongues and full of the holy spirit Praise I, was God. Like, I was like okay mom <laughs> and God. so it it was a turning point in our family life and i have a younger brother who's about six years younger than me and so it just really changed the whole family dynamic and about a few years later um as i was in high school and then, you know, it's, I'd had a lot of uh, physical issues and not being able to be outside and taking shots and doing, you know, allergy shots and all this stuff had made me kind of a bookworm. And so I decided I wanted to get out a little bit more and, and be a little more active in school activities. So I signed up for cheerleading and became the school mascot. So I'm in this little cute cougar outfit and remember cougar because that's going to come into play later <laughs> okay so i'm in this cougar outfit that my grandma helped me make and you get to go out and play you know in parades and you're out there you know doing all the routines and everything so we were practicing one day and we were building a, a pyramid and so us uh how do we say it us uh bigger girls had to be on the bottom and the little ones we get up and we build this little pyramid three four you know high and they kept trying to get on my back and they kept falling off. And I thought, I'm, I'm just flat as I can be. So here we are in the gym after school and they got my shirt up over my head and they're trying to figure out what my back is whacked. Well, it turns out I have severe scoliosis. So one whole side of my back is a hump. And so within, which I thought was interesting and I, it hadn't really bothered me much and I didn't think anything about it. And so I thought, well, let's check that out, you know, asthma, this, we'll add this and we'll just move on. Um, so then after, after high school, I, w I went to college locally and I uh, met my first husband there. 
and uh, got my MRS degree and moved to Central Central Florida. And um, I will just preface this by saying that some of the people I'm going to talk about um, are not who they once were, as Paul says in Corinthians. Mm -hmm. And so I don't speak with malice or resentment or bitterness. I just speak the truth as it was, and I experienced it. Uh, but these people are now walking close with the Lord and are are part of my extended family. So one of them awesome. is one of them is my former husband, who is the mother of both my children. I mean, the father of both my children. Yes. Hopefully, I'm the mother. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, so he. Uh, so we got married and moved down to Central Florida and. He had his own business and um, I worked for a while. And then I, I really always wanted to be a wife and a mom. And um, so I was fortunate enough when my son was born to be able to stay home with him and things were moving along. And I was just so involved with being a mom that unbeknownst to me, I started neglecting him and he didn't, we were both very young and he didn't know how to express his uh, his needs as, as he really needed to. And so, uh, I went happily along thinking everything is wonderful. And about two, three years after my son was born, I was, uh, got pregnant again. And my mother's father, my, my wonderful grandfather passed away. And so we came up here for his funeral and, um, I did a bunch of stuff. I was real active, had a really good pregnancy with my son. I didn't think anything was wrong. And um, I come back home and I'm home alone and I begin to miscarry the baby. And so I went through that by myself. My husband was not available. And it it's really hard to describe how that feels unless you've been through it. Miscarriage is not anything that women don't really want to talk about it. And if you haven't experienced that, it's really hard to relate. And so at that point, I felt like, well, we're not going to have any more children. And we, cause we tried. And then I said, well, I, let's just adopt. Well, my former husband did not really want to do that, but he went along with me. And just about when we were getting into the beginning of the process, I discovered I was pregnant again. So I was very ecstatic about that. So I was also very careful. And then as I'm going along and seeing the doctor every so many weeks, you're supposed to do that. He kept asking me, how big was your first baby? I said, a little over eight pounds. He goes, okay. I said, why? He said, this one's going to be bigger. And I'm like, how much bigger? <laughs> and he said, oh, bigger than eight pounds. Like, oh. So we get through the whole thing. And towards the end, I had multiple ultrasounds and all this fun stuff because that was the new tech at the time and everybody wanted to play with it. And it turns out that she was breech, which means she oh. was feet first. And the tech, the ultrasound tech kept saying she's bigger than 10 pounds. And he said, well, yeah, I don't do that normal. We're going to have to do a C-section. So we planned that and she was uh, born two days before my dad's birthday. And um, she, she weighed 11 pounds, eight ounces. Wow. Yeah. She was a big one. Uh, they had to go, they had to go to pediatrics uh, to get 
diapers and little things to fit her. And I told my husband at the time, we go away, go back and exchange all those newborn pampers, please. They're not going to fit. <laughs> so she, we came home. It was, it was wonderful. We had a boy and a girl and I knew that each of my children, I knew what their sex was going to be before they were born. I knew I had a son the first time. I do feel like that our second baby was a boy. His name was Timothy Andrew. And um, I do remember his birthday, the day he would have been born, which would be mid-September. And then my daughter. And so I was happily being a mom. What I did not know is that uh, my former husband was uh, a pornography addict. And he was uh, going to topless bars and other places at the time and had been unfaithful for quite a while. And I was completely oblivious. And then I went on a trip and came home with the children, opened the door and he looked like someone had died. He just looked awful. And I was like, are you all right? And he said, yeah, I'm fine. And I found, and then within a few weeks, I realized that something was really wrong. So I confronted him and said, what's going on? And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing someone else and I want a divorce. And I, I was floored. I had no idea. I was completely, completely gobsmacked. And um, he became a very cruel person after that. Um, and he had never been. And he told me all kinds of things about how she was not me, basically. And um, he also shared with me that he had brought her home and had sex with her in our bed on more than one occasion when I was gone. And it was just, it was just, you know, my heart was just dead at that point. I didn't know how to handle it or what to do. And so I, I, I kept praying and I kept asking him to go to counseling and, and it was not what was going to happen he was leaving. He was determined. And so I said, okay, and there's nothing else I can do. So we had a, he had a business. There was a long drawn out, um, kind of messy divorce. And here I am a single mom with two kids. Haven't worked in about 10 years and I'm trying to make ends meet. And so we found a little church cause I knew I needed support. And it turns out that it was the church that one of our friends, a couple of ours that we were friends with actually went there. So that was interesting. And I discovered during this time that I had not only married him, I had married his family. And all of a sudden I was afloat with no one. And it it made me realize how much I really depended on God to get me through this. So I had journaled and written poetry and done a lot of stuff like that during my life. And I, I picked that back up again. I've been journaling and, and started journaling again. And I was sitting there when the children were in school one morning, looking out in the backyard, hoping I could keep that house for their sake, wondering what I was going to do. And I heard an audible voice in my dining room. And it was... God told me, trust in me. And that was it. 
And I was just, I mean, I'm surprised I made it to get the kids up from school. I just lay there and, and just cried and cried and cried. And I knew that he had said that to me because about a week after I confronted my former husband with his infidelity, uh, I had taken the children to stay with his mother and I drove home, pulled into the garage, closed the garage door and left the car running. And I sat there and I sat there. I don't know how long I sat there in the car. And I thought to myself, it would be so easy just to sit here. I would just go to sleep and it'd be all over. I wouldn't have to hurt anymore. I wouldn't have to be responsible for anything anymore. I would just be gone. I would be done. It would be over. And just when I was starting to get a little bit sleepy, I know this was, I know this was Father God. It's like he reached into my heart and he said, no, you have people you need to serve. And immediately I thought of my children. They'd already lost their dad. How horrible it would be for them to come home and find their mother gone too. And in such a horrible way. And so I just turned the car off. I got in, I got out and went inside and I literally fell on my knees and said, Father, uh, please forgive me for even thinking about that. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I know that you're going to be with me the whole time. I'm not going to be alone ever again, like I ever was before, but it just brought it home to me how much he loves me. And what he was willing to do to pull me back from the edge. So we went through that divorce. I went back to work. I did at a cleaning business. I did, and, and I worked for the state of Florida as a, what we call the OPS, other, it's supposed to be other personnel services, but yeah. we refer to it as other pe- peasants and serfs, <laughs> uh, other people's slaves, you know, those kind of thing. So I was there, I was at the unemployment office and it was so cool because all my, all the males in my family have been in the military. And so we, I would see these military guys come in and they typically had long hair and a beard because they had not been able to do that in the service. Yes. Yes. So I was just like, I could tell them, you know, I was there when Eastern failed and uh, Eastern Airlines failed and we got all the pilots coming in and, and it, it was interesting to be able to relate to people where they were when they came in. And I noticed this guy that was working there and I found out later he was a vet and he was uh, on a work study program. And so us single folks would go out once a month and just go to this um, restaurant and bar down the road that had great freebies at happy hour. And I'm like, I'm poor. I want to eat out. I got to do it this way. Right. So I would go get a club soda with a twist of lime and we'd sit there and yak about politics and music and movies and everything else. And he came with us once and, and and we were getting ready to leave. And one of the gals poked me and said, he's hitting on you. I said, what? You got the girl poke. You got the girl poke. I I was like, no, (laughs) no, he's not. You know, I say just no. And so anyway, she said, yeah. So eventually he asked me out. We started dating. Um, and I was hesitant at first because he's uh, nine years younger than me. 
And I thought, I don't know this, but this is where the cougar comes in, right? I was just going to say, this is where the cougar part comes in. That's right. I told you to remember that, right? I'm thinking, man, you know, he's saying, I was born this year. And I'm like, I was in fourth grade when you were born, you know, uh-huh. it just, it was like, oh. but anyway, um, there was just something about him that I immediately trusted. Uh, he came to meet the kids and my son stuck his hand out and shook his hand and said, nice to meet you, sir. And my daughter said, hi, and was played shy, but I was watching the children and they both, they both responded to him in the same way that I thought it, okay, this might be a keeper. So, um, they were with their dad one weekend and we went out, we went out and splurged because he was a broke student and I was a broke mom. So we went out to Danny's brand slams all the way around everybody. And uh, so he started asking me questions and I'm like, what, what are you trying to ask me? And he said, well, I said, are you trying to ask me something? And he said, uh, yeah. I said, well, just ask, you know, don't, <laughs> don't beat around the bush. So he drops to one knee in the Denny's and asked me to marry him. Oh, oh for real? Yes. It was like a, a rom-com, you know, movie. He dropped to his knee, asked me to marry him. I said yes, and the whole restaurant exploded. That's and amazing. Applause. Awesome. Yeah, applause. Great. And the serving staff was there. I think I saw a cook lean out of the thing. And, uh, you, know. you know, the best things happen at Denny's, usually after midnight. <laughs> but This was late, but it wasn't quite midnight. <laughs> So we were going to get married a year later. And then about a month later, he goes, I don't want to wait that long. And I said, okay, so we got, we got married and that was 30 years ago, this January. And so he basically raised my children. They are his, they have been printed upon him. And in the meantime, we had, you know, letters from the former husband and, you know, it was a lot of mess and it was, he'd married the woman that he'd been with when we got divorced and they had had a son. And so my children have a half sibling and it was a little, it was tense on and off for a long time. And um, so along about 2000, I, things were doing well. I had a really, I had a good job. He had a good job. We were, the kids were doing well. Everything seemed to be okay. And then in the span of 18 months, I had, five car accidents and a head injury and yes that's right (laughs) and uh none of them my fault it just it was just crazy so i just got to the point that it was very difficult for me to move i couldn't sleep everything hurt all the time uh it aggravated all the asthma issues again and of I'll backtrack a second. Uh, a couple of years before that, I had been diagnosed with type two diabetes. That was from the job of traveling all the while, sitting all the time and eating bad food that tasted really good. And so everything got aggravated. And um, so I, my doctor sent me to a rheumatologist and they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia, uh, neuropathy. And then they discovered that the scoliosis had gotten worse. And I had three ruptured discs and three herniated, not three ruptured, three herniated discs and wow. three or four bulging discs. And I, and, and the, uh, the orthopedic guy said, how do you walk? And I said, one step at a time, like everybody else. And he said, how are you walking? I said, 
when it hurts, I lay down. I mean, you know, he's, you're not taking anything. I'm like, no. So of course, being doctors, they had to prescribe everything under the sun they could think of. Here's a new this, try it. Here's a new this. So I went about three years with all of this mess, feeling like a zombie walking through the world and not really, you know, I, I taking all of those medications and seeing all those doctors, I felt like the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, like she spent everything she had on doctors and never got better. And I finally came to the point where I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was able to start using alternative methods and herbal medicines and things like that and got off of all those medications and felt mm -hmm. like myself again. And, um, my, my father got, we, we were able, both of us still to continue my husband and I working, um, and doing a really, really doing well financially. And I had a six figure job and they sent me to Denver to give me even more of the six figures. And uh, we were out there for three years and then my um, father got ill and we came back here to take care of him. So we just decided to stay here. And in the meantime, my children graduated high school, gone to college. One went into, the, my son went into the army, moved out to California, got married, did all those normal things and he became um he went from a a, a young boy who had been prophesied over <clears throat> excuse me to be to be a real man of god to being a complete atheist and he became the angry atheist oh wow and really bad it was really bad and <clears throat> and he to the point of ridiculing anything i said about god and my daughter drifted away and got it into some other things that a lot of young girls get into in this day and age. And they were my prodigals at that point. And when we, when I read this, the parable about the prodigal son, I don't identify with the prodigal son. I identify with the older son. Because he was mm -hmm. there doing the work and yes. quote being ignored, right? And here, you, my his little brother, I have a little brother, went off and uh, got all the fun and attention and glory, and then messes everything up and comes home. Well, I began to claim as a promise for my children what Hannah had promised when he gave when God gave her Samuel, and she said that she lent him to the Lord for the rest of his life. And I knew my children had been dedicated to God when they were babies and that I knew he was going to bring them back. I just didn't know how long it would take. And so now my son is the pleasant agnostic and will listen to when I talk about God and talk about Jesus and talk about what's been, uh, how, how he's worked in my life. My daughter is now, um, leading a women's ministry at her church for single women. So God redeems and he redeems in his own time. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to be faithful yes. while waiting for that redemption. And my brother, when uh, he was 19 years old, <clears throat> was in a really horrible car accident and was uh, had a traumatic brain injury. And the little boy, who was the son of my, my dad's girlfriend at the time, 
they thought he was going to pull pull through and they didn't think my brother was going to make it. Well, that little boy ended up dying a couple of weeks later. <clears throat> and my brother was in the ICU in a coma for roughly six months, totally unresponsive, intubated the whole nine yards. They kept telling my parents to pull the plug. And my wonderful parents, well, my dad and mom divorced when I was 18, but my wonderful stepdad and my mom have been faithful to believe for his healing for 41 years. And when they brought him into the hospital, um, they had cleaned him up from the accident and he had, his face was not damaged, even though his, his head had been injured. And uh, my stepfather said uh repeated you shall live and not die as they wheeled him in and hooked him up to everything and that's uh, very powerful it, oh they, the, <laughs> i could do two hours just on my folks but we <laughs> because yeah. they're amazing yeah. and uh and um the heritage of the righteous yes that's what that is and uh so they're pacing in the waiting room speaking in tongues nonstop for about 24 hours. And so all these people, and my mom tells the story later, she said, all these people came in, and looked at us so pitiful, you know, these poor pitiful foreigners. I don't know what's going on with their person in the hospital, but they thought, they thought these people are, you know, really losing it. But they oh, because of the tongues, like yeah. they thought it was a foreign language. They thought it was a foreign language. <laughs> well, it kind of is, but it is. <laughs> And I just thought that was so cool because when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray and groan in your spirit for you. And so they did. And at one point, my son said something when they came to visit him about how what crazy Christians my folks were. And I reminded him, your uncle is here because of their crazy Christians. And he goes, well, yeah, that's true. So there. And. So it, my mom has always felt guilty about like he takes away from me. And I, I'm like, you know what? That's, that's not the case. I'm just so blessed that my parents are so deeply rooted in the word of God and in faith and in believing that I don't, it's not going to matter. I'm going to have eternity with them. I don't need to worry about these days and years on earth. Although I do try, you know, I, I do want to be with them. And um, so it was everything that I've ever experienced in my life has been because my father, God, wanted me to walk through this so that I can be here today. I've suffered loss. I've suffered pain. I've suffered bodily injury. I've suffered betrayal. I've suffered betrayal of the most deeply wounding kind, uh, not just with my former husband, who is now a wonderful dad to our kids, and so is his wife, who came to me and asked me to forgive her. Mm. And I said, well, I did that a long time ago, but if you need to hear it, I forgive you. <laughs> That's and really powerful because too. sometimes people have to hear that they've been forgiven in order to move on themselves. And I knew she needed to hear that. So she 
so we, we, I mean, we don't go vacation together, but if I need them, they'll be there for the children and vice versa. And they always ask about me and I always ask about them, you know, my husband and I. And so I've, I've been blessed with a long, deeply loving and powerful marriage to a, a man who was meant for me, made for me. I told my mom when I got divorced, I said, I want, I want a man just like my stepdad, only younger and with more hair. <laughs> and I got all that. And of course, now he has no more hair. And my mom says, you need to be more specific when you pray. Make sure he has hair for a lifetime. And I was like, oh, rats. I got to make sure I do that in the future. So it's I've learned. Okay. <laughs> they all shave it off anyway these days. So I know. <laughs> and it, it's, and my children are coming to us, a, a knowledge of Jesus that I could not have anticipated when they were small. Um, my son has gotten to the point where family is very important to him, even though he's a, a successful business owner in California and he's had his own issues. He's um getting divorced from my daughter-in-law and it's fairly amicable even though there were issues with it um and it's my daughter has physical issues she has to deal with but she's overcoming that as well and it's it's very important to me to encourage people and i believe my gift is words and encouragement i love to write i pour out what i know what i've learned what i feel what i believe god wants my words to be used for and i also believe that i'm an encourager and that if i can do nothing else besides pray and encourage it is more than enough I will not be on the front lines doing a lot of stuff that other people are doing because that's not my calling. And I used to get very upset about that, but I've learned to walk where Jesus leads me and not be worried about what other people think and yeah. how they might be doing it differently. And, you know, they may, and I don't even want recognition either. Even though I write publicly, I just don't, you know, it's enough that I can express my gifts that God has given me. It is more and, than enough. And doesn't it really bless bless you too when you're encouraging somebody? And you, I, I find that it just jazzes me up. Like I've like you just know when you're really working in God's purpose mm -hmm. in your life and encouraging someone else, you get blessed too, yeah. you know. I always, Absolutely. I always find Absolutely. that when I'm in the dumps, when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm just feeling horrible, what really pulls me out of that is to do something nice for somebody else. And it's Absolutely. amazing the way you feel after you do that, and it pulls you right out of it. Blessing and if from we, God. And if we are made in the image of God, if you take that literally, we are made in the image of God then I imagine Jesus walking along with his disciples, encouraging them. And what better way to encourage people than to heal people, to cast out unclean spirits, to look in their hearts deeply into their eyes and, and to say, 
your faith has made you whole and uh, to, to bless others. If we are truly walking as imagers of our God, then that should be one of our highest callings is to encourage others, encourage others to reach out for salvation, encourage others to walk closer with Jesus, to encourage people to not give up in the midst of a trial, that there is a way to overcome. There is always a way to overcome. There is nothing that is not too big for our God to do. And my, my, I know we talk about life verses. Mine is Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If that was the only Bible verse there ever was, it would be more than enough because that says it all. And, and so it, it behooves us to truly walk out our salvation, work out our salvation with the fear and trembling Paul references, not because we're overwhelmed with fear of our Lord, but because when you get excited, you tremble. When you know something wonderful is going to happen, like you said, you get jazzed. Mm -hmm. So to me, the fear and trembling is awe and excitement. And there isn't any, why would I want to be anywhere else? I mean, this is the greatest show on earth. And this podcast is pretty cool too. Um, <laughs> so it it is, I, I want to, I want everyone to be encouraged. I have days where it seems like a struggle to get moving and to do things, but that is also a day when Father God can speak to me in the quietness. And so as long as when we listen, when our ears are really attuned to him, we can listen in, in the excitement and activity, and we can listen in the peaceful quietness where he's whispering something really deep to us. And when Paul says pray without ceasing, that's a conversation that's continual. It never ends. And I want everybody to be able to experience that. I want everybody to have a conversation with God that never ends. And I just, I'm excited every day to get up and see what's going to happen because you never know. Might have to take your dog to the vet because things blew up. Or, you, you know, you, you meet someone fascinating and you become instantly uh, brothers and sisters in the Holy Spirit. And so there isn't anything that can't be accomplished accomplished there isn't anything that can't be made new in our faith in christ jesus it's an awesome walk and it doesn't matter whether you think your story is boring or or not and jesus told the parable about uh to the pharisee about, about the servant who was forgiven much and the servant who was forgiven little, which one will love him more? The servant who was forgiven more. And we've all been forgiven more than we could ever justify for ourselves. So walking with that, that sense of excitement 
and anticipation that you're going to learn something from your father every day. I did not have a great relationship with my dad uh, over time. And yet on his deathbed, he confessed Jesus. And when we buried him, I knew I will see him again, which I never thought would happen. So um, a preacher told me once a long time ago, the only thing you can take with you out of this life is other people. So it is my mission to encourage people and to bring them with me. So, I believe beautiful. that's probably already happened and it's going to keep happening. Praise God. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> my eternal hope. Yes. Gloria, you're amazing. I am so honored to call you a friend. Thank you. You're a blessing, brother. I love your show. This is the, uh, this is so cool. I really appreciate you stepping out of faith and doing this and, and Mary for being such a good support to you and Jeff, my Southern bro, preacher man, you know, it's, it's a blessing. It's when I, when I was uh, a teenager and going through the Jesus revolution, this, the prayer group I was in was my family. That was my Christ family. And when it dissipated and I moved away, I've been looking for that family for near on 50 years and I found it. And so it's, it's really y'all bless me. So if I can do anything to, to bless all of you, I pray for anybody at the drop of a hat and uh, encourage you. I am, I am more than blessed to do so. So thank you. You know, anybody who, accepts Christ and gets connected with you on the shore up squad is going to be having their socks blessed off. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I will hopeful. do my best. <laughs> One thing I wanted to say too, is that um, what struck me, many things that you talked about, but uh, when you talked about when you're challenged, when you're at a, a point, just, towards the tail end here when you said when you're challenged or you're having a rough day or something like that that you know that's the time to take the opportunity you know to get quiet with the Lord and you know he can do some real work in you you know when we're paying more attention to what he's doing than our own stuff on our own you know will or whatever so I thought that was really cool that you made that point we're so busy and we are so active. We've been almost trained to ignore that voice that God speak to us in, speaks to us in. He is a gentleman. He calls. He holds the door open. He, uh, he speaks quietly and profoundly if we become still and we listen. And our society does not encourage that. If you are not doing, you are not valuable. And every child of God is valuable to him. And I find it to be a very high calling to pray for those that are in wickedness and evil and reject me. Because I, I believe that is one of my most powerful prayers because it's very Christ-like. So when someone irritates the fool out of me, 
my my human instinct is to reach out and touch them in a not so gentle fashion but thankfully usually the holy spirit pulls me back and says pray for them and sometimes he'll even reveal to me what i need to pray specifically for that person because that's the that's the situation that's the fight they're in at that moment and i make a special effort to be nice to everybody that's in the service industry. You know, I tip my server well. I say thank you to the cashier. I tell everybody, God bless you today. Can I do anything for you? And it is, it, I remember when I was a single mom and struggling financially and cleaning toilets, how wonderful that would have been for someone to say something like that to me. And so it, it is, it is very important to be able to share the love of God in a very practical way, like Mary cooking at the at the house today for the single moms. That's that's the practical Christianity that we should all walk out. In the book of James, he says, true religion is to care for widows and orphans. Right. And I was a widow. I was without a husband for a while. And so I really relate to that. And my children felt like orphans at that point. And we have many mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters in this family. And therefore we're healing each other and through the blood of Christ and, and walking in the Holy Spirit's direction. Right. So, you know, that reminds me of a, a saying I've heard before about, you know, be kinder than is, than is necessary because everyone is facing some kind of battle. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what someone's going through. And I totally get you about that. Um, I find stepping, you know, if I, if I'm faced with someone that's, it's challenge, you know, if it's a challenge situation is I like to step in with a little bit more kindness, like to, you know, kind bomb them. Basically. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there's a scripture about that. Something about coals yes. on the head or something. <laughs> yeah. That's in Proverbs, you know, be yeah. kind to your enemy and be like heaping coals upon their head. Yes. And, uh, you know, sometimes I like to read the, I like to read that scripture as, Oh, I'm about to dump some coals <laughs> on your head, brother. <laughs> but I don't believe that was the intention, but it sure feels nice to be able to say that sometimes. Yes. You know? But it and, does, you know, make, you know, I think it really does. Um, what is it like, uh, tempering words, uh, you know, instead of stirring up anger or whatever, there's another Proverbs about that, but I can't think mm -hmm. of it, but you know, not stirring it up. Although yeah, it's I, like, I, sometimes I do like to stir the pot. I'll admit. But. Oh, I have a big spoon and I could so <laughs> stir that pot. And I, I really don't want to do that, but there, there's that impulse in our flesh to say, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm going to hit you with all these words, these hurty words that are going to damage you. And the, the walking out our salvation also includes tempering our words and our actions and becoming more Christ-like in that respect. There's a time to flip the table and flip it well. And there is a time to lay hands on someone and to bless them. And as we walk out day by day, we can begin to discern which of those actions is appropriate. And 
I, I have seen so many baby Christians come into the kingdom and just walk right out because no one was kind to them. Yeah. No one listened to them. No one said, well, you can't dress. You have to dress this way. You have to say these words. You have right. to do these things. And I'm, I'm Native American on my mom's side. And there's a whole litany of things that was done to them. And the community I live in has a, a Native community that is very closed because of that. And I, we can either grieve over our inhumanity to each other, or we can determine that we are going to show Christ's love to everyone, regardless of the personal cost, you know, and I've given a lot of, I've given a lot of things over the years financially and that I thought, well, I'm a good little Christian because I tithe and I gave gifts and offerings. I did all this stuff, but my heart was never involved. My heart was not touched. My heart was not connected to that person with need. I will still do that if God calls me to do that. I would much rather pray for someone and work out a solution with them than anything else because I'm teaching them to fish and not just giving them a fish. Yeah. And so that's more important to me. That's what I believe what God wants me to do. And that's what I believe will raise up strong warriors in Christ that will overcome the storms of life. And, you know, it's, I don't know how long I have. I could, you know, get up tomorrow and drop off and never, you know, never hear from me again. You know, I, tomorrow could be my day to go. Uh, I asked God not to let it happen tonight because I didn't want to ruin the show. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we don't know. Every minute is precious. You're right. And yep. when my husband dropped to his knee and said, will you marry me? He said, I promise to love you till the day I draw my last breath. And I promise I will make you laugh every day. And he has kept both those promises. And oh, so, wow, that's awesome. If that could have even gotten better, that makes it even better. Oh, he's, he, if we don't have a laugh session, it's not a complete day. So we will be going to bed and I will be laughing my full head off because he won't stop making me laugh. <laughs> that's the best. And it's wonderful. It's, it's the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he is, uh, he's an amazing man. And I am so blessed uh, to have him. And uh, I honor him and everything that he has done. I, I will speak good to him and not evil all the days of my life. And it, I know that there is a per, there is a man or woman out there for each person that will be that support for them, whether it's a marriage or not we all can support each other we can all make a difference for each other we can all model christ for each other and you know we can all make each other laugh too we're good at that aren't we i i love you guys y'all are awesome i this is one of my favorite podcasts don't tell scott is it really oh, yeah it is you. i look forward i so swear much. i look forward to friday because I, I I'm a writer, I'm a storyteller. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Thank so, so I want to hear the stories, man. You know, so we prayed I, about that. You know, about Friday being like people are really looking forward to hearing God's stories on here. Yeah. You know, like they are. yeah, we we're I mean the people we think we know in our Bards family. 
they get on and they tell their stories and you're like, I had no idea. And I will say this right now, and I am willing to do this. If anybody wants me to write their story, I will write people's stories for them. I don't have any problem doing that. And I've done it for other people too. And it it's just the gospel means good news. It means yeah. the good news story. Yeah. So why not tell everybody's good news story? That's what the Godcast does. It's fabulous. Wow. I, I'm just it's one of my favorite things on Friday. I'm so glad you like it. That was our goal here is just to bless everybody, to encourage everybody and to bless everybody. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of kudos for the show and I, and I, and I keep saying, you know, I, it's, it's not me. I mean, you guys are the ones that make the show so great, the testimonies and it's, and it's God's work that makes the show so great. You know, it's, it's not me or Mary. We're not exciting or, or, or anything out of the ordinary or, or great by any means it's the people that come on and give their testimonies that is the and, and and like i said god's work that's the true power of this godcast and and that's why it's called the godcast because it is it's not ours well, this is his and we're just your we're obedience just, your obedience to god's calling yeah. is what's drawn people here he to deserves. tell their story it's a safe place yeah. and it's a place where they feel like they can share their real heart story with God. And so I, I, uh, I thank you for being obedient to that call. And I, I'm just blessed every Friday. I, I swear, this is my Friday night out. Oh, this so is good. starts at bend the knee and goes till midnight. So it, it's a wonderful time. And it, and when you know what people have been through, you have yeah. a deeper appreciation for who they are. And it, it draws us all closer together and we're going to need each other. We need each other now. And it's evident we're going to need each other more and more. And so I, I am very grateful to be a part of this group and I'll do whatever I possibly can to help anybody anytime. And most of all, I pray for everybody. Me and t me and Jesus, we talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. No, thank you so much. This thank um, you. your testimony is going to do a lot. I know it. Oh, uh, you. you know, one of the things that we envision for this is uh, your guys's testimony, but also the listeners. You know, this is this is an interactive thing with the listeners. What I really encourage the listeners to do is when you listen to these testimonies, think about who would benefit from Laura Reeves' testimony. You know, she's she's got a testimony of forgiveness. She's got a testimony that, um, you know, she went through a lot of hard stuff that strengthened her and look who she is today. This, this is a powerful woman right here. This is a prayer warrior. This is, this is a warrior right here that God molded, um, with a big old lump of clay and look at you now, you know, um, but please, I want the listeners to look at this and say, you know, who could benefit from this? I know someone who could benefit from this. And I'm going to share this podcast with that person because they don't know God. And they're going through the same thing that Laura went through. You know, for for stories of addiction, you can look at my testimony on, um, on the first episode. Uh, and Duncan, too. Duncan was here um, also. You know, we've we've got testimonies where people talk about, you know, they had addiction to porn. Um. There's a testimony for everybody here, um, for everybody that you know who does not know God. There's a testimony here for that person. And, and that's what I really want is for you to share that testimony with them. 
Um, it may not bring them to salvation this very moment, but it's a seed. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to plant seeds and, and we know that God will do the rest. Um, but we just want to bring the word of God in front of people, spread the gospel of Jesus. And so I encourage you to do that um, and share your testimony. Uh, something that Conley's guest said last night, um, Brian Searcy was his name. He said, you know, when I, um, before I test, tell my testimony and I'm talking to someone, I kind of want to get to know that person and find out what and how they could benefit from my story. So if I see that they're going through something that I've gone through, I can't wait to tell that person my testimony because I know it's going to nudge them closer to God. But if I'm talking to some person and I know that maybe my friend's testimony is the one that they really need to hear, then I'm going to match them people up together. You know, I'm going to have my friend tell that person that testimony. You know, we've got 21 episodes now, so we've got 21 testimonies and every single one of them is different. And it's beautiful because we're all different people, but we all have the same root problems because we all, we, we're all running through the same root sins, which is where all these problems stem from. So please share your testimony with others, share the testimonies that we have here that others, there's so many people that need it today. And let's talk about salvation while we're on the subject. Um, if I can, uh, I want to read, um, well, let's open up the call-in feature. If there's anyone listening that has not received Jesus that would like to become saved, we do that right here on the Godcast. Uh, if you'll call in, we'll pray together, we'll pray with you, and we'll do that together. So I can, I would like to read Romans 10, 9 through 10. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved so um if you haven't called in and you're listening to this on a recording and you're not saved and you want to be very simply find yourself a nice nice little place to pray very easy conversation with god if you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe it in your heart, if you believe that God raised him from the dead, you believe that in your heart, you will be saved. It's very simple. It's that easy. That's all you need to do. And again, uh, I've, I've read Romans uh, 10, 13 here a few times. This is my favorite guarantee in life right here. Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Think about everyone who calls upon the Lord, not just some people, not every other, every 10th person that calls upon the Lord. This is a guarantee. If you ask the Lord into your heart, if you ask Jesus into your heart, it's a guarantee. It's done. You're saved. It's, a, it's one of the most beautiful things in life. So please, um, you know, have a conversation with yourself. Evaluate your life. Are you happy with the way things are going if you're not saved? Um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I jumped into this. When I was saved, I jumped in with both feet, and I said, you know what? My life has been so horrible before. I've got nothing to lose. What have I got to lose? I've tried everything else, and nothing worked. I'm here at rock bottom doing it my way. Let's try a different way. And you know what? I jumped in with both feet. I gave everything to the Lord. I asked him for I prayed about everything. I worried about nothing. 
and I jumped in with both feet. And I can't, I can't, I can't even begin to explain the difference in my life. Absolute 180 degree turn in my life. And it can happen for you. Laura's very lucky. She was saved as a child and, and she's had, she's had Jesus. She's had God in her life her whole life. Some people don't have no idea. You have, you have, you have no idea what you're missing out on. If it's not working out for you, what you're doing now, give it a try. You can call in here to the show. We're here every Friday, 7 PM Eastern time. You can catch us live on Podbean. If you'd like to contact us through Telegram, you could find us at this is an official Godcast. That's on Telegram. You can email us at this is an official Godcast at gmail.com. Send an email to myself or Mary. We'd be more than happy to pick up the phone and pray for you. Um, we've got Bibles that are burning holes in our pocket. Man, we'd love to give out some of these Bibles. Who needs a Bible? Get a hold of me. I got one for you. If I could, um, Ending that and going back into announcements, um, next week we have BJ Van Amen, and he is a pastor from Pickerington Baptist, which is in Temple, Ohio. And then the week after that, we have Carl Chin, who is the president owner of Faith-Based Security Network, which is a company that comes in and sets up security for churches. Um, Carl is a really unique guy. He has been through, uh, two of those situations, uh, active shooter situations. He's, he's been in two of them. He's been a hostage in two situations. One wow. of them, uh, one of the situations was a bomb guy had a bomb strapped to him and Carl face to face him and, uh, talked him down. Um, I, I'm going to let him tell the story. Uh, but Carl's an amazing person. You're, you're going to love him. He's in, he's in two weeks. Uh, you don't want to miss that. But next week, BJ Van Amen, uh, he's an incredible pastor. Uh, he's going to speak to us from Pinkerton Baptist, uh, Templeton, Ohio. Also, he's a friend of Burke's, um, Burke's cousin, actually. I think he yeah, is Burke's cousin. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun next week. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great, great testimony. Um, the next two weeks, as always great testimonies every week great testimony from Laura tonight. Thank you, Laura, once again. Uh, before we end, we're going to ask uh, Mary to do a closing prayer. Thank you, Mary. Hey. Thank you, Laura. Good thank man. you for sharing tonight. Love you, thank sis. you. Thank you, Ron, for sharing all that, too. It's all good reminders and good things for us to know and to pray about. <laughs> so, okay, Lord, it's Friday night. Here we are. The whole week went by. Been talking to you all week long, but I get to talk to you now. And all of us together, we get to talk to you. So. Thank you. Thank you for bringing Laura to us tonight. Thank you for all the words that you already were working in her to share tonight. Um, such an awesome story, Lord, of how you've brought her through things. And um, we just pray that whatever was shared tonight, that would just hit the right spot with somebody. So we, we, we just, in the name of Jesus, we just pour 
blessing right into this testimony tonight that it would just go out and go out farther than even who's in the chat or even people who have, are listening you know tonight or tomorrow that it would just be shared and that it would just even if it just reached one person for the kingdom lord that's that's hallelujah that's you know the all of heaven you have told us is rejoicing over that one sinner that has come to you lord and has surrendered their life to you so we pray for that and lord we also want to lift up um, a couple of people i've noticed in chat and then just things that i've had impressed on my heart here tonight is i want to uh, lift up doug again um he's friends with tam and uh all that he's going through and and the cancer and and the um i think he's having pneumonia itis or something right now where it's um he's got more challenges with this so we just we lift him up again to you lord and just bring him to a place where he's breathing fully so we just pray into the lungs of doug right now in the name of jesus that his lungs would just be opened up and that breath would come through and that he would find relief from all pain that his family would just be brought to you closer through this whole challenge lord and also with um we want to lift up jenny lynn and I don't know if she's here tonight, Lord, but um, we just lift up her pain to you right now. Just give her some relief and some um, just direction on, you know, which way to go for. You've given her so much knowledge, Lord, on different healing properties and different, you know, just she's so wise in that, Lord. And it all comes from you. And so, Lord, I just ask that all of that comes together for her and that she can find some way to be have some relief from this pain that she's feeling and also bring her closer to you through this challenge so we know lord that those times when we do you know we have those challenges just like laura was saying tonight you know those are the times where we maybe can get closer to you and we have a time of being quiet with you lord and so i just pray for that over jenny lynn and over doug too right now that they would um, just find you in the midst of all of this. And Insidious, Jeff's wife, had asked for prayer for a number of people tonight. And um, I don't, I know some of these that we've prayed before, so their circumstances. But Lord, I, I have, I just feel like, and you know that from the times when I pray in the morning, just the big lists of the the people's names. I just saying a person's name. I feel, Lord, is just so important um in a prayer so we just want to pray in alignment with that with all of these names lord and that we want to pray your peace your healing your love your joy all of these to these people that she has named tonight and with zoe and curtis and bobby and scott and doug and karen lola cadence Jeff, Nathan, Polo, Leslie, Julie and Sarah, Jennifer, Jeff, Angie, Nikki, and 
she's added those all of those that don't know you lord so all of those names even as we just think about you know jeff and insidious know these people i'm sure and so they can picture them in their minds when their names are spoken and so i just picture them in my mind too right now lord that you're you're coming in and you're you're invading in their lives right now in the name of jesus invade their lives lord and also i want to lift up any any unspoken prayers or anything that anybody has um Maybe if they've even been timid about saying what it is they need prayer for. You already know, Lord. And so I just pray in alignment with that. In the name of Jesus, that your will would be done in it. I also want to lift up people at the border. And, you know, this is the thing that's on our a lot of our minds right now, Lord. And so I just pray for safety and protection for all of those that feel the call right now. Lord, I just pray that they'll be in tune with your your guidance in it and when to go and if to go and what to do when they go. And I just pray your guidance in all of it. And we pray for peace. Of course, we pray for peace, Lord. A lot of troubles in the world right now, Lord. We feel it, but we also know that you you have overcome the world. We know that that's a fact. So we're going to stand on that. And we're going to be confident. And we're going to be joyful. Even in the middle of every storm that we might face right now, we're going to be joyful in it. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Lord, lead us to the word whenever we feel like we're just faltering and we don't know what to do. Lead us to write your words right in the word. You've already got the plan. You have the plan. You are the plan. <laughs> You're the best plan. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you for this opportunity that we are able to come on here and share share your story. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, one more thing, Lord. I want to pray for mothers. Can't forget the mothers. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. You know, and maybe it's a, a holiday that's made for greeting cards, but, you know, mothers have a special place in your heart. So we just pray for all of the mothers out there that might be feeling sad and maybe not with those that you love or if you're feeling just anything. Just I, I just pray that mothers will would feel the love of Jesus more than anything, even more than from their kids, that they would just feel the love of you, Lord. So just pour their pour your love on them, so much so that every day is Mother's Day <laughs> and Father's Day. We're all your kids. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mary. Yep. Great prayer. Mary is a great prayer. Lord is Lord grabs you sometimes when you're talking to him. <laughs> Good conversation, Mary. 
That's kind of what it is. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into my conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, wow, man, Mary, you're awesome. Could you just call me up every day and pray with me, please? We only get to do this do on Friday. Fast. It's just not fair. <laughs> man, you're awesome. God's awesome. Laura, thank you so much again for being here. Um, you know, it's kind of like this is the, the testimony show. It's like you come and give your testimony. And it's like, uh, we're going to have to wait a, you know, a little while. Maybe something will also go on in your life. And you're, we'll add to your testimony because we can't wait to get you back. But, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, we, we, we're going to miss you and love you. I will say one word to you. I will say one word to you, dear brother. Yes. Co-host. <laughs> Co yes, absolutely. You're more than welcome to come and host anytime. <laughs> absolutely. I would be glad to be there. You know, I have no problem talking. All right. Next time Mary or Jeff takes takes punks me out, I'll, I'll have to give you a call. <laughs> I got your number. Yes, you and do. it was it was such a joy having you on, Jeff. Too. Oh, thank you. Like always, it's it's my yeah. pleasure to be here. I enjoy being amongst you all of you you know because you it's just a great chat it's it's great you guys are all wonderful and the testimonies are just you know sometimes you just have to listen there, there's just not a whole lot that you can say but you take it in and and you apply it to your life what what can god show me as you said earlier ron what can god show me through this person that i'm experiencing where he brought them from and where they are now and I think that's the most important thing is we must remember that none of us are perfect and our testimony is nothing to be ashamed of. I know sometimes we, we kind of are, but in a way we shouldn't be because that is giving all glory and credit to where I used to be this person. And yeah, I'm not perfect, but I don't do these things anymore because he cleaned me up from that. Yeah. And I just think it's amazing to hear so yeah. many different, everybody's testimony, no matter how big, dramatic, how small, whatever, it's important. It's important because it's your fellowship and walk with the Lord, the creator. You know, it's, it's just amazing to me. And I, so I just, look, I'm thankful just to be a part of it. Thank you for being here, well, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all. And I want to thank I would the just listeners. Like, yes, please go ahead. I would just add the very first testimonies were 12, well, 11 men who knew Jesus. That's how the gospel spread as they walked around and said, this is what this man Jesus did for us. Yeah. So everybody's testimony is their God story. Their God cast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how he works. Yep awesome all right god bless you all you're wonderful thank you thank you laura are you gonna stick around a little bit for the after after show yeah please i'll play a song but stick out after the song the show will end and then uh if you'll stick around we'll just like to say goodbye to you one more time okay well i'll leave you guys with this i want a song and we'll get out of here huh we're all laid over to conley's late slips uh listeners thank you so much for listening uh the ones that are here live god bless you we love you thank you for joining in and joining in with chat uh if you'd like to do so we are live on podbeam 7 p.m friday eastern time 
on Podbean. You can join in on the live chat. If you're seeking salvation, you can call in for salvation. It's a beautiful thing. Please come and join us. We love to have you here. Uh, if not, we love you on the recordings too. I know there's people from all over the world listening to this, which is j- just incredible. And um, just like you said, it started out with 11 and it spread all over. And we love to hear the God stories. So I will leave you with this. My dearest friends, let us not forget we're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So please find someone you love who does not know God and share this with them. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Love you guys.
to a land where joys will never end. I'll fly away. And there we have it. Wow, what a great show. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We can't wait to see you next week. Uh, Goodbye, everybody. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Love you.